Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to starting a counseling practice podcast. Today, we're going to be diving in with an amazing therapist who's also a business consultant, and we're going to be diving into what happens when you have lost that initial joy in building your business and starting your practice, whether you're at the very beginning, whether you've been successful, whatever that looks like, like what happens when you feel numb and dead inside (laughs) somewhere along the process. (laughs) It's not mince words, Miranda. (laughs) I mean, if you haven't felt that yet, um, sorry, listeners to scare you, but at some point you're going to feel kind of numb and dead inside when it comes to building your business. Um, So we have the amazing Allison for here today um, to dig in and share and have this conversation, this real life conversation about what, you know, like, let's just real because we've both been in business for, you know, a few decades or Mm -hmm. what have you um, about what that looks like and her expertise of how she kind of moves through that. Welcome, Allison. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to chat about this. Yes. And I also love like, like me, y'all are way ahead of schedule all the time, right? So you're booking out podcast guests sometimes like a year in advance. And that's like, that's my love language. I love it. Um, So this idea of when we first booked this, it was about kind of like battling burnout. Yeah. And then y'all were like, actually, can we talk about joy instead? We've been talking about burnout a lot. Like, and I was like, (laughs) this is like exactly it. I think in terms of like where we were six months, a year ago, I mean, certainly people are still burned out, but I think instead of focusing the conversation so heavily on how everything sucks. Yes can be really helpful to be like, yes, yeah, some things suck. And here are some things that are actually helpful and fun and joyful. Yeah. Like, and what does that look like? I think there's some, it's, it's, you know, that whole frog in the pot thing that they talk about, yeah. do you know, that's not actually true. Oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe anything, Miranda, you got to talk for me. I, okay. So Kelly and I are actually like, we're, we're almost done with writing a book about burnout. Uh-huh. And like, oh, one of our editors was like, you know, that's not true. Right. And we're like, no, we have no idea. <laughs> we're like, that's like a hard science thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, but there's something about this, like, I think when, and whatever we want to say it, like when we've been in a certain mode of being for so long, it can start to feel so normalized and it can even be like, I don't know if you've had this experience where you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I had lost joy. Like I didn't even like, Mm -hmm. what does that look like and feel like it's been a minute and then you tap back into it and you're like, oh, damn, like I forgot how good that felt like I, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's sort of like this, the space of like, almost like the difference between like, I'm just trying to reduce the discomfort in my body versus how do I connect with the, the peace, the joy, this like, mm, this warm feeling 
in my body? Like, when is the last time that I felt like that? And like, what are those, how do I, how do I explore that as, as not just how do I reduce pain? Yes. <laughs> just suck a little less. It's like, how do I really connect it and let that feeling start to permeate mm-hmm. and start to energize me? And maybe, maybe it could be a little easier. You know yeah. I mean? If we're, it's almost like focusing on, um, what can I do that brings me joy? And instead of what you're saying of like, how do I make this suck less? Like even just working towards joy is going to make it better. Even if like, you're not hitting joy, you're still on the path. You're on the way in a way that like, if we're, if we're mired in all the things about life or all the things about our practice that are hard or not joyful, like we're not getting out of that. (laughs) It just like hanging out in that isn't moving us through it. And like you said, it's inevitable. You yeah. may be completely in love with your practice right this minute. Um, and that's hopefully inevitable also, yeah. but there will be some times when you're like, oh, okay, I got to go to work. It's okay. Even when you have ideal clients, even when you have ideal schedules, mm-hmm. even when you have ideal fees, mm-hmm. that's normal. It's human. I think, and I'm, I'm so, I want to even challenge that idea too, of I've been really working through this idea of of the working through of like not working so Mm -hmm. hard. Like when Mm -hmm. you said like working towards joy, right. Right. Versus creating space for joy to like really be present. Mm -hmm. This, um, I've been doing this like retreat, um, with a group of people like every six weeks. And this theme has come up of like, what if it could be easy? Yes. Like, what if, like, what, what if it could be easy? And I remember I was like working through it for like weeks. Like, what if it could be easy? What if it could be easy? What if it could be easy? Like, what would life look like? What would business look like? What relationships like? What if it could be easy? And then I was like getting a massage. And as I'm getting this massage, it's like, what if this could be easy? And then it pops up of, um, it is easy. I love that. And my body, I'm just like going to self disclose. Like I started shaking. Like I was like cold. I'm on a massage table that's heated. And my body's like, I don't know how to take this in. Mm. It was literally like my body was like trying to like put the information and like install it. Like, oh, it's easy. Not just you know, maybe it doesn't have to be hard. What if it could be easy? It is easy. And it was like my, I, I've spent my whole life really doing things for various reasons. Right. I don't know about you. Like Mm -hmm. I worked full time while I went to school full time. Yep. Same. And then I worked full time in one job and then I had a second job so I could gather hours as much as possible. Same. Then I got a third job, right? Mm-hmm. Where I was then teaching at night because, uh-huh. you know, that seems important, especially since my spouse at the time was out of work. So instead of like letting him feel that pressure, I'm just going to let it up and, and take the thing on. Then I'm going to, oh, I have now this other job that pays better. I, now I have a side business. Now I'll have a second side business, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like here's this thing that I have like consistently created in my life versus like, Hey, like 
it's, it's easy. My body was actually like made to feel joy. Yes. And my body was made to be this like kind of antenna or beacon towards like, I'm here to help people. I'm healed here to provide healing. And we've had those experiences even in like clinical practice where like, like you're not working hard with the client, but it's just this easy thing where you feel like completely tuned in mm-hmm. and it's like, and you say something that like, you could have said, like, it, it's not magical, but like, you know, that this is a thing that needs to be said. And it's magical in this moment to this one person. And it's just, oof. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that that's everywhere in life. Like one of the things I ask myself, cause like you, like I just overdid it. I did like the same, instead of teaching, I was bartending at night, but with the two clinical <laughs> jobs, <laughs> you got paid better than me. Allison. I did. I got paid better than you. I also got an outfit change in the middle of the day. It was great. <laughs> um, okay. I just, just for pause for a second. I love this idea too, that like, here I am sitting with my therapist and then I go for a date and I'm like, is my therapist at the bar, like, maybe a drink. Like, what's happening right now? Hopefully not. <laughs> I was always afraid that would happen, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that there's this idea of like, look, if you work really hard, you will reap the benefits. Like, you will be rewarded for your hard work. This like proletariat upbringing. You know, I was raised by like working class parents. I, you know, like I didn't, I didn't enter into situations as the most intelligent or as the one with the most money to invest or play with, (laughs) but I could work the hell out of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found my value Mm -hmm. um, for years and years and years until my body was like, no. (laughs) You're not allowed to do that anymore. You got to stop. I used to break bones when I was overdoing it. Like my body would be like, here, I'm going to give you the flu. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can still work with the flu. It's fine. And then I'd break my foot. I've broken my foot, literally always my left foot. So like four or five times, um, I've sprained my ankle, the same ankle over 10 times. I lost count, not in the same incidents. I never had both at once. So like my my body would be like, yo, <laughs> what you're doing is not right. And I'd be like, no, 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 fingers in my ears. So um, until like, I just couldn't anymore until my body just started shutting down. Um, and now, and then I started being like, okay, well, how do I, one of my kids was chronically ill and I was like, okay, I need to be willing to do less and make less next year because I can't keep juggling everything. And, um, you know, she was having like five medical appointments a week. Mm. I was still like abundance was still fairly young. It was maybe like two years old. There's just mm-hmm. lots of growth happening. Lots of like opportunities. I didn't want to say no to, mm. um, and feeling flattered by and those kinds of things. And I had to be like, okay, I'm willing to work less and make less. Cause I am burning the candle at both ends. Mm. And I worked less and I made almost twice as much the next year. And I was like, huh, maybe <laughs> easy's the answer. Um, like all my stress that year was around my kids' health. It wasn't around work. Um, the work was fun. The kids' health stuff was not, but the work was like a nice place to escape, but not 
like in the grief escapes that I'd done in work previously. Um, it was just like, oh, it's, it's time to work now. That's great. Um, well, and, and what I hear too is like, okay, maybe even this idea of like, I have to work less. There's no option. Mm-hmm. And I, I have such a stressful kind of like what's happening. Like my child is, is ill. Like this is like so impactful to me personally. So I need two things for my business. I need it to be effective mm-hmm. from like a time perspective. And I kind of need it to be <clears throat> not an escape, but like a place of respite. Yeah. Right. Like, like I need it to be fun. Like it, and wow, once I got clear, maybe on my, what's the most important and then what's the most fun and that intersection. Yes. Yeah. And that what's fun changes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's something we also have to keep our eyes on. Like I had this one like offer I used to have for years and years and years, and I loved it. And then all of a sudden, after years of running this program, I was like, I feel anxious after, or right before I do this every time, right before I show up to these group calls, I'm feeling anxious, mm-hmm. but like, I've been teaching this for years. <laughs> like, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I have good connections with these people. It's not them. Yeah. It's me. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like retiring that product. Cause I was like, this is, I'm not joyful doing this anymore. And I don't, I don't want people to have a not joyful version of me when they're trying to change their work in their lives. Yes. Yes. So I, I wonder if we could kind of dive into like, what, what does joy feel like in your body? Maybe we can talk about this because I think so many of us have gotten so disconnected from our body because what it feels like in our body is really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's the ends because we're like, okay, I don't like the way that feels. So I'm going to get disconnected from the negativity, but then I'm also disconnected from the joy and from the the good feelings. It's sort of like not one without the other. And then of course, this is where all of these sneaky autoimmune or other physiological Mm -hmm. things start to pop in. You know, like I have an autoimmune issues. Kelly has other issues. (laughs) Same, same. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That these things start to pop in and you, until you can't ignore it until you have to, it's like your body saying, come back, be here, be present and going through that. So what, what are some of the things you've done to reconnect with that joy? And like, what does joy feel like in your body? Yeah. Well, I think like as somebody who lives like 90% of my life so far, like from the shoulders up, um, it, I'm still trying to find the words, mm-hmm. um, for how things feel in my body. And I still have to very intentionally check in. Mm. Um, but there's a, um, this is such a cheesy uh, thing, but it's like, I think about like butterfly wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it like usually like right in the center of my chest. Mm. Solar plexus. Is that that? Um, and it just no, like your heart, like, yeah, maybe like the heart open it. Like if we're, if we're doing chakras, right. That would right. be your heart chakra versus your solar plex versus your, there we go. Yeah. It is higher up. It is hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I feel it like fluttering in a way that feels very, exciting. Like it's not the nervous feeling of fluttering. I definitely lived a lot of my life with that, like constant buzzing. Um, it's just like a little flutter. And I usually have taught myself, like when I notice it, if I, like, if I didn't intentionally check in to see if it was there, but if I just feel it on the fly, I'm like, 
oh, wow. Like I am so lucky. Like I yeah. like this situation or this person or this conversation, mm-hmm. um, like how great is this? And I try to just like be present to yeah. the actual joy itself. Cause yeah. I've spent so much of my life being like, yeah, that's great. What's next. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, that's not how I want to do life. It's not how I want to teach my kids to do life. Yes. It's definitely not what I want to model for my clients. Yes. I think so. it's so, so interesting. And I, I wasn't planning to talk about this today, but I think it, it's so, so fascinating. So, um, I've been doing some, uh, some, some journey work, um, personally where I'm kind of doing some more in the psychedelic realm of going mm-hmm. with a group in a, in an appropriate environment to work and do some of that work. And it's an interesting thing as someone who grew up in the say no to drugs. Like I was mm-hmm. not that person in any way, shape or form, like anything about that. I'm like, what is going on? And I, I remember when people first started talking about like my producing psilocybin and I was like, I, like what? And they're like, and then you start going into the research and mm-hmm. going like, oh, like this research is really great about this. And so I had this first experience and it was this very kind of mild um, substance or what have you. It wasn't anything like out of my head or vomiting or anything like that, but very mild <laughs> substance. And the next day I was like, um, when is the, when are the, when is the drugs gonna, you know, when is the substance going to wear off? And they were like, no, it's, it's out of your system. I'm like, no, no, no. I still feel it. I still feel it. It's not out of my system. Like, I think I'm just sensitive to it. And they were like talking and exploring and they're, and I remember they were like exploring. They're like, honey, I think you're feeling you. Oh, I wow. think you're like, like, I'm crying right now, but like, I truly had been so disconnected for so long Mm -hmm. that I didn't know what like me felt like. Mm -hmm. And it took a substance, which is, you know, is maddening to me in some ways, you know, but understandable for me to kind of dismantle the pieces so that I could just feel what it feels like to be like present and connected and and I think for me, whether I call that joy or peacefulness or just like embodiment or or what have you, like it, it took that for me to break through that, that, that barrier and to, to be connected in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's a hard thing, right. As therapists we're like, I had done so much therapy and EMDR and like, I had done all of these things to like work through my trauma and be present in my body and do the acro and the fire speed, <laughs> like uh-huh. all these different things and all the yogas and all the things. And yet I was still really like, I was blocked from being able to feel that, that flutter, you know, mm-hmm. to feel that connect deep down. Um, and so I think there's, you know, for those of you who are listening, I'm not recommending you all go out and get substance, but if you are, if you're like struggling and going like, what's going on? Like if, if it's a struggle to find that, if you haven't felt that flutter for a long time, it might be really quiet. It might take a significant amount of stillness for you to reconnect with it. It might take some kind of an intervention and even this place of like, just knowing that it's there for you 
right? Mm -hmm. And if, when it comes, if you push it away, I think it gets, it gets harder for the body to show up in that way. Yeah. When I think about how, you know, like attracts like you and I are very similar. Our audiences are very similar and have a lot of overlap. Right. And so probably people initially tuning into this podcast are like, all right, so give me the five steps the five steps to joy in my practice. And I love that we're starting out with like, nah, you just got to be, and you got to feel, and you got to sense and slow down and be still and make space in a way that, uh, can be pretty infuriating for those who want steps myself included. Like I would love, I would love a step. Um, but we can't get it. I want a treatment plan. Like if I do 12 sessions of EMDR, right? I'm a trauma therapist, EMDR therapist, like just do the thing and like done. Right. It'd be really nice. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that there are some steps to joy Mm -hmm. and in the, um, in the training that I do for your community, we'll talk about some of the steps, but you can't access those until you've created space until you've tapped in at least some, you don't have to do it perfectly, but until you've tapped into yourself, at least some. Yeah. And I think that place of you know, maybe it is like some stillness and meditation and thinking about that little, little person part of you, right. Mm-hmm. That like younger, younger piece. And I think that's funny too, because I'd done some breath work and they kept talking about like the inner child stuff. And I was just like, so disconnected from that. Idea. Uh-huh. Like, I was just like, mm-mm, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, mm-mm, I, I don't get it. Um, but what is that like, sort of like, where's that ease? Where's that way in? And I think too, which, which is interesting is like, I do think the, the experiencing joy, like it, it, we, it is made to be easy, mm-hmm. but there are so many things that have happened to us in our lives that can be kind of blocks. Mm-hmm. And I know for me in particular, it has been delving into the things where it's like that, that icky thing that I'm trying to avoid mm-hmm. is the thing that I needed to kind of move through in an easeful way to get into the joy, to kind of reconnect with my body, to kind of dismantle um, the things that have kind of been put in place to be protective of me, to even be protective of my joy, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, if yeah. I feel my joy, and I'm in that place and then something hard happens or something painful happens, then I'm going to feel that a lot more intensely than mm-hmm. if I'm feeling neutral or I'm feeling like, fuck. And then, well, so I'm not supposed to say that word, but, and then something bad happens and it's like, well, of course it did. Of course. Right. Right. Versus like, if I'm in a place of like, ah, oh, this feels so good. And then something happens. It's like, oh, oh, I'm going to really feel that mm-hmm. because I'm, even if necess- even if let's say I'm at like an, a, so we want to rate things, right? Let's say I'm at a <laughs> seven of joy, right? Uh-huh. And I move down to a four, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if I'm sitting at a four and I move to a three or I move to a two, maybe I didn't have as much of a drop, right? I didn't feel like it was like, I feel worse ultimately, but I didn't feel the drop, right? Like the, the roller coaster drop. I hate the roller coaster drop. Do you hate the, or do you love roller coasters, Allison? I mean, like I can dig a roller coaster. <sighs> okay. There's where, like, there's where, 
If you yeah. like roller coasters, Allison's your girl. If you like <laughs> water parks and water slides, I'm the person. Like, I'm like, put me in water and I'm good to go. But if it's like a going on a thing and having the jump in the stomach, I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. So there's our difference. That and when you were talking about like growing up in the just say no era, like despite Nancy's best efforts, <laughs> I was like, let I'll just say maybe, or it depends. <laughs> I'll just say maybe. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Allison, like I was after yoga and somebody was talking about, he just had his birthday and a stranger. Like I, like I had done yoga with this person, but I don't know him. I don't know his name. I'm friends with one of his ex-girlfriends at this point, but I wasn't at the time. Like, it's just one of those, like this poor man ended up having this like impact on me where he literally was just like, no, I, I went and microdosed my friends and we, we hung out in the ocean. We microdosed mushrooms. And I was like, and I said something and he was, he was like, well, have you looked at the research? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, which is just dis- distressing, right? As a therapist. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't your niche. It can't like, it can be great with trauma, but that's not how you were serving people with trauma. No, it was not the thing. And so to kind of like dive into that, um, to dive into that experience and, and start to explore that. Mm-hmm. And then the mix of the pandemic and such and going like, oh, and then even getting connected in with like, oh, there's amazing therapists who've been doing great work mm-hmm. um, in this area for a long time and working on the legalization and creating outcomes for people. And it's a whole nother podcast episode, but yeah, really good stuff. Okay. So we talked about Hey, what does that feel like in your body? You talked about flutters in your chest. For me, I think it, I, the initial place that I felt it after that experience was definitely like down in my gut Mm -hmm. and it feels like a particular, it's not butterfly wings as much for me, but it feels like a particular vibration. Mm -hmm. Um, And that vibration will kind of go in different places. It could be from the top of my head and kind of down in these places. And it's really interesting how it will come up in different conversations with people Mm -hmm. where it will seem like a very chill conversation, but as just be like, Oh, this is important. Like the vibration comes Mm -hmm. in like, Oh yeah, this is important, which is interesting too, because I remember feeling that when I first started doing therapy (laughs) and I felt bad about it because sometimes what was coming up that I needed to say or do didn't feel in alignment with what the book said. Oh, yes. And so there damn was book. this <laughs> damn book, right? So I remember having experiences of trying to like honor that and like navigate around it or feeling shame, especially when something came out, like it came out. And then I was like, oh, sh-. you know, like I didn't, I didn't clear that. It just came out. And then of course, the next time the client would be like, oh my gosh, what you said, like, that was exactly what I needed to hear, but I'm still like at odds that mm-hmm. like, oh, but it was just this, this moment, this um, thingy, right? Yeah. So there's that, that piece of connecting. And then as you talked about, we're going to be August 3rd, we're going to be all coming together to dig into this with some more kind of steps. So what would you recommend in, in particular, if there's one thing that people could do between now and August 3rd to kind mm. of prep themselves to be fully present for that experience, 
What would that one thing be? I would say looking at why being joyful feels like a risk for you. Mm. Mm. I think it's a risk for most of us. Yeah. Um, I know like all the stuff we're not mm-hmm. present to that gets squashed down intentionally ends up squashing down joy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would look at like, what are your yes, buts inside mm. when you think about giving space or letting go or, uh, mm. investing in joy, mm. whether that's in your business or your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I got that little, that little vibration when you said the yes, but I was like, <laughs> that feels like that feels really juicy to me. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm really excited to have you come and talk and train for like almost an hour, um, Mm -hmm. August 3rd. If y'all want to come and dive into that, this is a free training with Allison um, to dive into this experience. You can just go to zinnyme.com and click on free and we'll have all the information in there. Click on the podcast where you're in the show notes. There's so many ways to get the information (laughs) that you need, Um, but we're here for it. Allison, thank you for being the amazing you. (laughs) I'm so happy to get to chat with you. (laughs) As always. Um, And until next time, y'all, just remember your clients, this world, they need, it needs you in particular. And it does need this like fully embodied version of you. um, That, and that's not just because like, you get to feel that not just because it helps others. You get to feel that mm-hmm. because that's your birthright. <laughs> and like, yes. that's what you were made to feel. Um, yes. Not just in service of others, but also in service of your own experience. And, and that's the reality, the embodied experience of what you were made for. So, <sighs> yay. Nice time, y'all. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.